2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, it is not expedient for me to doubtless glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught me up into the third heaven. This is powerful because not everyone got to experience this. Paul is basically in a trance or a visionary state of mind. He's kind of out of it physically. But he knows he's been caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he excuse me, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it cannot be lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Paul said, I'm not here to glory in this experience, but what I have come to glory in is my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Now, I'm not sure I've got the right interpretation, but I think Paul's saying In case I would be puffed up with pride, I'm going to lean to the fact that I'm here by the grace of God. There's nothing good in me that has deserved this. But let me be real with you and let you know that I've been through some tough times. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, That's not buffet. It's buffet, which means to be punched. He said, I've been given a messenger of Satan to punch me. I'm not here to give Satan any glory today. But Paul said, something was sent to me to beat on me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord, or asked God three times, that he might, it might depart from me. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul didn't bemoan the answer that he got. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure... Everyone say, I take pleasure. I take pleasure in these infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want to talk to us about beautiful blessings wrapped in bitter packages. Would you pray with me that God would speak to us and encourage you today and me today and us today through his word. God, your word is life. God, I'm speaking life through your word today, and I pray that these are not my words, but your words coming through a vessel that's surrendered and submitted to you, God, for the upbuilding of your kingdom and the encouragement and the edification of the body. 
You're worthy, Lord, today to be glorified and praised today, God. Would you just begin to lift your voice, folks, and thank God for your infirmities today. Be like Paul and say, Lord, I'm not here to glory in my strengths and what I can bring to the table, Lord, but I'm here to say thank you, Lord, for my weaknesses, my infirmities, my struggles. Amen. Because when I am weak, you are strong. Amen. I am strong in you and through you and because of you, Lord. I thank you for the packages represented in this house today, God, that we would maybe not want to receive, and God, that we may not want to endure. But through those packages, God, we have opened up to revelation and great understanding of you and blessings that cannot be purchased. You're worthy, God, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today in the house. You can be seated. The Lord has a very powerful word of encouragement today, a revelation and understanding in our walk with Him. And uh, might be a little different, but trust me when I say that the Lord is here and He wants to help us with our perspective of life, our perspective of circumstances, and uh, some of the events of our lives that we would... Uh, on the entry side, try to avoid, but on the exit side, we would not trade them for anything. Hello? Amen. And uh, walking with God, I just want to preface this word today with this statement, that walking with God is the greatest life that you and I will ever have that any person can ever experience. Today, amen, walking with God is the greatest thing that has ever happened to my life. To be in relationship with him is the greatest thing we could ever experience in this life. Amen. Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. And uh, we need to understand that sometimes uh, we go through things in life that uh, are difficult. And sometimes uh, the Lord allows them, such as we read about for Paul, and sometimes we create them. Uh, God is the healer and the miracle worker and the deliverer in either case. The Lord does say that he will not put anything on us that we cannot bear. I found that to be true. Are there any witnesses in the house that, that, that you would not be sitting here today if, if the Lord allowed things that you couldn't bear? And there are things that we go through in life that we bring on ourselves, though, and we shouldn't confuse the two because uh, we can't set ourselves up for some terrible situation and then say, well, God said he wouldn't put more on me than I can bear when I created the situation. It's the grace and the mercy of God, however, that lifts that off of us and helps us through, and he takes us by the hand and leads us through even our own poor choices. The Lord does say that he will put nothing on us that we cannot bear, and uh, now sometimes we can create some things that God had nothing to do with, and we can't blame him for that. Got one right and two yes. We, we've got, we can't blame God for our own stuff. 
but we can lean to God to help us. Amen? It's very important that we uh, understand what the Apostle Paul, we need to hear what, what the Apostle Paul was saying here in his honesty and his transparency. In layman's terms, he was confessing because God opened up so many revelations to me. He loved me enough to allow an infirmity into my body to keep me from getting too proud. Pride will take any of us down. Pride will cause us to be, amen, self-centered and think that somehow we have been uh, the producer of something good. But we have nothing good within us, but everything good in us came from him. And so we need to understand that the Lord may have to offset the good in us, amen, so that we will not get puffed up thinking that we have somehow accomplished it. Paul said, I've asked the Lord three times to remove it, but he said no every time. He loved me too much to remove my trouble. I'm going to say that again. Paul, Paul said, amen, I asked the Lord three times. Amen. Amen. That's a long time. Amen. Have you ever prayed for something to be removed, something to be lifted, and something to be changed? Paul said, I asked for this thing to be taken away from me three times. Uh, and uh, God said no every time. He loved me too much to remove my trouble. Isn't it amazing that we think God doesn't love us when he doesn't remove things? Uh, but maybe it's that he just loves us more than we understand uh, because he knows without that thing we are headed toward destruction. But he lets some stuff stay in our lives so that we will depend on him and look to him and reach for him and say, God, uh, if you don't come through, then I'm not going to make it through this situation. If, if you don't move, then God, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Three times, and every time the answer was no. He loved me too much to remove my trouble because it was allowed so that I would be more like Christ, that I would learn to depend on him, and ultimately that I would be saved. I'd rather be saved than comfortable. I'd, I'd rather have revelation than just be at ease. Amen. Because uh, without revelation, you're not, you're not fit for the kingdom. You're not fit for going on into deeper things that God has for us. Uh, amen. We are just, uh, we will self-implode and destruct with pride and arrogance and somehow self-confidence. But the person that says, you know what? Uh, I need God today. I need him every hour. I love that old song. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Not every week. Not once in a while. Not every month but every hour I need thee. I've learned that I've got to depend on him, amen, for everything because without him we are arrogant. Paul said the Lord wanted me to be saved more than he wanted me to be comfortable. Can we go on, amen, and look at this in the Amplified uh, if you could put that on the screen, just verses 8 through 10. I want to read this again in the Amplified. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12, 8 through 10. If you could do that, please. Paul said, three times I prayed for deliverance. And three times I was denied, but given grace instead. Three times I called upon the Lord and he 
and besought him about this and begged that it might depart from me. Have you ever gotten to the point of begging? I'm going to wait for everyone to say yes because... Nine. But he said to me, my grace... My favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger, and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. The Lord says, I'm going to let some stuff come up on you that's going to grow you up in me. Amen. It's going to take you from childish behavior to manly behavior. What, what is that? That's not some insult. That's God saying, I need you to be matured. And I, the only way that you can be matured sometimes. Amen. Aren't you thankful that it's not just you're not in kindergarten anymore and you've got the fat crayons and there's no trouble because everything's provided and everyone's encouraging you and patting you on the back. But the longer you live, the, the deeper the problems get and the harder the things get to figure out. And that's what Paul is saying here. He said, I'm going to let some trouble come to you that's going to make you bear up manfully. For my strength. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start realizing that it's going to be my strength and my power that are made perfect and fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Your weakness is the package that reveals my provision. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities. You see, Paul's revealing a revelation to us. He said, I've learned this, uh, that in my weakness is contained God's strength. Wrapped up in my weakness is God's ability, his glory. And it's revealed in my weaknesses that the strength and the power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Amen. God's not coming to leave anytime soon. He's coming to strengthen you, but he's coming to stay with you. Amen. And the revelations you gain through your trouble, amen, are going to stick and stay with you. Verse 10. So for the sake of Christ... Can we say that today? It's not about me anymore. When I was a child, it was all about me, my toys. I need fed. I need changed. Now he's saying, so for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasure. Whoa. He's prayed to ask God to take it away, but now he's saying, I take pleasure in it. In infirmities, here we go, you ready? We might hit some rough air. Insults, when's the last time you thank God for some insults that have come your way? Hardships, persecutions. Perplexities, what's perplexities? Those are those things that, that cause you to pull your hair out in your flesh. You can't figure it out. It doesn't come with a book. It doesn't come with a some kind of guide. You're just there to try to walk through it blindly, reaching for God and, and saying, Lord, I need your help. I need you to shine some insight onto this. Distresses for when I am weak. 
in human strength, then am I truly strong, able, powerful, in divine strength. That's the manly part that he was talking about. When you start walking in his strength, when you start walking in strength that's not yours, when you can bear up up under anything because it's no longer your strength, you have transitioned from your strength with his weakness, amen, human strength, which is not sufficient, and you're now walking in the strength of the Lord, the ability of the Lord, and the power of the divine strength of God. I thank God because every single person sitting here today. You are walking in here because God has kept you. We are walking into this house and we can sing a praise because God has kept us. Amen. Amen. You have been through some trials and tests and some difficulties, but you're here today because God has kept you. And maybe it's because he said no to you a few times that kept you hungry, that kept you reaching, that kept you working toward him. I could have delivered you, Paul, but then you wouldn't know anything about grace. Then you wouldn't know anything about suffering. Then you wouldn't know anything about endurance. I'm going to do something more powerful for you, Paul, than deliver you. I'm going to show you the purpose and the power of suffering. And we know this is true because Paul reveals it in his next statement. Remember, uh, he's reflecting now. He said, most gladly, therefore, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He's learned how to glory in his infirmities, not his successes, uh, if we could call it that, not his revelations, if we could call it that, not what God downloaded to him and lifted him up into the third heaven. Can you imagine, amen, if Paul didn't have this revelation, if he didn't have the thorn, how he would have walked among his peers uh, with this revelation. It's not everyone that's going up to the third heaven to see paradise and to hear things that are unlawful for him to repeat. He would have been so arrogant, lifted up. He said, nah, I've learned to take pleasure in my suffering because it turns me to God. And when I depend and look to Him, I who am weak and feeble become strong and capable through Him. If there's any strength in here today, it's through Christ. There's any strength if you have anything to offer, if you have anything to bring to the table, if you've made it through hell and high water and you're still here, it's not because you're so tough. It's because he's so tough. It's because his grace is tougher than your fire. His grace is tougher than your heat. It's greater than the serpents that latch onto you and try to take you out. It's God who gives you the strength. It's God who allows you to stand here today. Amen. Paul was revealing a powerful truth. I'm not powerful because of the prayers I've had answered, but I am power because of the prayer I didn't have answered. Oh, yeah. Well, I get all my prayers answered. I'm God's pet. Well, guess what? 
I've been through some things, and you have too, that you've prayed, and God said, no, not yet. It's not going to happen. It's not the best thing for you. If your 12-year-old comes and makes his little wish list for Christmas and gives it to you, and he says, I think I'd like a shotgun and a 12-gauge and a, 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 a sword and a knife, Any parent with any sense is going to say, no, <laughs> not yet. You're going to hurt somebody or most likely you're going to hurt yourself. And so it is when God tells us no or not yet, he is not doing it because he doesn't love us. He is doing it because he does love us. Paul said, I'm powerful not because of the prayers I've had answered, but because of the one I didn't have answered. I have become, amen, I, I haven't become great in God because uh, I'm in Hebrew or I had the right family tree. Uh, I'm not powerful because I'm a Pharisee, because of my education. I'm not here to brag about my education today. He said, I am not uh, powerful because I was trained at the feet of Gamaliel, which he was, uh, amen. It's not about my connections. Uh, he said, I'm not powerful because I have the title of an apostle or my gifting or title is a powerful one. He said, but my power comes from God and through my weaknesses and my suffering, I am made powerful. It doesn't matter where I came from and what my name is and what my title is. Uh, amen. The thing that gives me strength and power and authority is the fact that God, amen, has brought me through difficult places uh, and he's allowed me to survive them and thrive through them and gain revelation, amen, on the process we don't talk about this much but do you realize that suffering is as much a part of living and walking for God as being baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost Oh, we celebrate that, and we should. Thank God for everyone that receives the Holy Ghost. I was in a service Friday night, 6,000 people. Amen. There were 80 people that received the baptism, right around 80 that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that one setting. And it was powerful to watch and see. Thank God for that. We should celebrate that. We should get excited about that. We baptized five here Sunday. Praise God. To God be the glory. That's why the church exists. But I'm going to tell you what, uh, amen, just as much as that's a reality of walking with God and living for God and having services, uh, amen, you're here today and you may be going through something that is just, uh, amen, you're, you're having to force yourself to put one foot in front of the other, amen, and make yourself go through through the process of doing right, choosing right. Uh, amen. That's just as much as serving God as all this other stuff. Uh, as the brain tumors being healed and the legs being straightened. Uh, amen. Walking through difficult places, uh, walking through struggles uh, and getting through your thorns, if you will. Amen. As much as part of walking with God as any of it. So be encouraged today. Yeah, this messes with our idea of doctrine and interpretation. But consider this in Luke chapter 24, verse 45. If you want to look there, you can or write it down for your, for your reading. <laughs> then opened he their understanding. That's an important phrase for me. Amen. He, he's, that means he's getting ready to give revelation. 
He opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, and he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer. He said, let me give you a revelation here. It it wasn't just that Jesus had to go through the suffering. It behooved him. It was beneficial for him. Wait a minute, are you talking about Jesus? Yeah, I'm talking about Jesus. It behooved him. It was profitable for him. The word says that he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Could it be that Jesus in his humanity still needed to suffer to learn complete and total obedience? That's what the scripture says. He opened their understanding. He said, catch this, see this, understand this about the scriptures. It behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. But let me tell you something. We like to reverse that and say because we're risen from the dead and have the Holy Ghost, we're never going to have to suffer. But suffering always precedes resurrection. Suffering always precedes revelation. Suffering always precedes growth, manliness, growth, expansion, and who you are. You're never going to grow up into God and walk in great revelation without some suffering first. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands, and blessed them. One of the greatest blessings he gave them in this portion of Scripture is the revelation and the open understanding that it behooved Christ to suffer. It was necessary. It was needful. Suffering was Christ's way of submission of his own will and his flesh and his identity with your suffering. He was tempted in all points like as we yet without sin. He's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. How is that possible? Amen. If he never suffered, if he never been through anything, he that scripture would have to be extracted because he would have never felt what you feel. But just trust me this morning. I don't care what you walked in here with today. The Lord has tasted it somewhere along the way. His suffering has allowed him to identify with what you're going through. And therefore, when you stand in a place of need and calling out, uh, he understands. Uh, amen. He understood when Paul... Paul cried out, oh, take this thing from me. And and the Lord was saying, wait a minute, Paul. I've been through the cross. I've been through uh, crucifixion. Amen. If I would have taken that away, I would have had no resurrection. I would have had no great power. But I'm going to let you go through it like I went through it. Because when you go through it, uh, amen, you're going to come out on the other side with great revelation. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Everyone's got their own race in this house today. 
Don't look over here on this side and say, boy, I wish I was running their, their track. And you look over here and say, boy, their track looks a lot easier than my track. They got low hurdles and I got high hurdles. Be careful how deceived you can be by looking at people. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know. Amen. You may be going through something visible. They may be going through something invisible. And their invisible hurdle is just as high as your visible hurdle. And we need to quit looking at each other and wishing we had somebody else's hurdle. And just realize that if we didn't have the grace of God and if we don't have God helping us, none of us are clearing any hurdles. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. This is the common denominator for all of us. We all must look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, now he begins to compare our race to his race. What got him over the hurdles, what got him through the suffering, amen, it was the joy that was set before him that allowed him to endure the cross. It was the, uh, the victories that were laying just in front of him that he didn't focus on the suffering or the pain or the hurdle, but he focused on the prize, the finish line, or the goal. Despise the shame. I love that. Despising the shame. Everyone go. (laughs) What is that? That's saying to you and I, it's okay. Going through suffering, you realize, man, this is tough. Not a pity party, but just the reality. I'm going to look to Jesus And if Jesus despised the shame, if Jesus didn't want to go through it, I know he didn't want to go through it because of what we read about in the garden. Three times he besought the Lord. Hello, is that ringing? Paul, three times. Jesus, three times. Each time going deeper into the garden of Gethsemane, falling on his face, ultimately sweating great drops of blood. Amen. Trying to say, is there any way that I can get past this suffering? Is there any way that we can divert the shame? Is there any way we can put this trial on hold? Is there any way that I can bypass this this, uh, thing that's about to happen? Amen. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Because he understood that, amen, if it wasn't the best thing for him, then he wanted nothing to do with it. Despising the shame. Now he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Not a, not a seat literally in a trinity of gods, but he is set down with authority on the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Uh, You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Amen. Matthew 26. I'm not going to read it. I just quoted it. But it's where Jesus asked for this cup to pass. What was it? It was a cup of suffering. It represented the cross. It represented uh, 
unjust suffering that he didn't deserve. He, t- he was taking our place. He was taking your cup. He was taking my cup. He was taking all of your faults and failures and sins and shortcomings. And he was bringing them on himself and saying, uh, this is not my cup, but it became my cup uh, because I am taking it upon myself. Uh, and the pain and the suffering is for someone else. Hebrews 5, 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, talking about Jesus and being made perfect and became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He's giving us the revelation of what Jesus' suffering produced. Uh, Amen. He produced, it produced obedience in him and it made him mature or manly. Amen. And because of that, he became the author of eternal salvation. Suffering always has something to do with eternity. Suffering here is working a far more exceeding weight of eternal glory in you. Every time we suffer, amen, it is doing something to prepare us for some eternal purpose, whether it is, uh, amen, in our ministry or in our effectiveness with people or in our own walk with God. It is allowing something to be chipped off of us, uh, something to be removed from us, uh, something to be prepared within us uh, to affect eternity, amen. So if you're suffering uh, and when you go through suffering, uh, understand that God is is allowing the thing to come to make you more like him and to prepare you for eternity. He learned active and ongoing obedience through the things that he suffered. In the end, he was perfectly equipped to become the author of our faith. Let me say... Walking with God is the greatest life. Let me just say it again. Walking for God and with God is the greatest life. I'm not here to magnify the suffering today. I'm here to tell you that walking with God is the best life you'll ever live. And I'm here to tell you that whether you walk with God or you don't walk with God, suffering is in your path. I'd rather suffer with him so that I can reign with him. Suffering out here is just suffering. But suffering in here is suffering that produces an eternal weight of glory. That that produces something that is uh, priceless. Ah, The good far outweighs the bad. I could go around this room and start naming the people I know that have suffered through some great situations, difficult places, unplanned, unthinkable, but you're still here 
And if I could take just a little bit of liberty today, could I just assume and make this declaration that because you're still here, you're not the same person that I knew before the suffering. I see growth. I see strength. I see expansion. I see something great that has come out of this difficult place. Or could I say it this way? Uh, there's been something beautiful wrapped up in a bitter package. Uh, amen. It, at the time, produced bitterness. At the time, it was very difficult, but now you're expanded in God. You know him at a different level than you would have ever been able to know him before. Uh, yeah, Paul said this in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He suffered for me, that's why I know he he loves me. Hello. How do you know he loves you? Because he told you he loved you or because he proved he loved you? How do you know your husband or wife loves you? Because they tell you they love you or because they demonstrate it every day? They do stuff when they don't feel like doing it. Uh, they do stuff when they're hurting themselves. Uh, they do stuff when they're sick and tired and, and, and life gets heavy, but they keep on serving. They keep on loving. They keep on putting themselves second and putting you first. That's how you can tell somebody loves you. And God says, I suffered for you, and I want you to know that I love you. Amen. I did it when I didn't feel like doing it so that when you don't feel like doing it, you can do it. You can be an overcomer. You can be somebody who is victorious no matter what you're facing. Philippians chapter 3, I'm not going to read the whole thing for time's sake, but Philippians chapter 3 verses 1 through 21 is a great read. But amen, it's important that we understand that Paul said this. He said, I have suffered the loss of all things. I can't say that. I've suffered some losses. Some of them willfully and some of them I had nothing to do with. I'm looking at people that have suffered today and may be suffering. But have you yet suffered the loss of all things? And I love this next statement because it, it's full of revelation. And I count them as refuse compared to what I've gained. <laughs> ah, the bitter package. I couldn't see it at the time but it contained a beautiful blessing. Are there any witnesses in the house today that you say, that's some bitter packages. But oh, the longer I look at that and the further I walk in God, 
and distance myself from the bitter package. Oh, yes, it's just as real today. But as I've opened it up through time, I've revealed and been able to see that God had something very beautiful wrapped up in that bitter place. You read the chapters of Job and you understand it's loss, it's misery, it's sickness, it's pain, it's misunderstanding, it's dark places, it's wife turning on you, people turning on you. Only to come to the end and Job say, I thought I knew you until I opened up the bitter packages. Contained within those bitter places were beautiful experiences in God that I would never known or been able to experience without the bitter package. Oh, when I looked at it on the surface, all I could see was the bitterness. But when I opened it up, God revealed himself to me. How would have I never known, ever known him as a healer if I would have never been sick? If I would have never been at my wit's end, how would I have known him as the peace speaker? How would I have known him as the counselor if I would have never been in relationships that were at the brink of breaking? And the Lord come along and put his hands around it and say, Oh, no, my grace is sufficient. Uh, I'm going to help you make it through this situation. No, you're not going to take your life. Uh, you're not going to end it all. I'm going to step in with grace. Uh, with just the moment you think it's too heavy to bear, I'm going to come along and put my grace and stamp your life uh, with my grace and reveal that inside that oyster, that old mossy, rough, textured oyster, amen, if you'll just take the effort to get inside of that revelation, there's a beautiful pearl of revelation inside of that undesirable package, amen, that we look at and say, there's nothing good in there. There can possibly be, there can't possibly be anything good in this situation, but as long as you keep prying it open and praying and saying, God, bring revelation and God says, oh, there's a pearl in there. There's something of great price in there. Just keep working at it. Yeah. Then we too can look like Paul at the situation and say, I thought I was losing something. Uh -huh. I was only suffering. Listen, I was only suffering when I was losing. But once I lost them, I really realized that I was the winner. Boy, while we're suffering through some things, we think we're losing, we're losing. Oh, that's a loss, that's a loss. Only to get through it and look back and say, wait a minute, I wasn't losing, I was winning. It was just packaged in something that looked like loss. But when I lost it, amen, I realized I gained it. I found it, amen. And if you'll let that thing work in your life, God says, I'm going to reveal to you that I'm bringing something valuable. And the only way I could give it to you is through a very bitter package. But 
Do you realize that when you collect that oyster, within your hands are the bitter package and the beautiful blessing all at the same time? While you're holding your bitter package this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever's represented in this house today, I'm not minimizing it. I'm just saying it's going to be bitter. There are things in life that are bitter packages, but we've got to understand that while you're holding that bitter package, you can be so consumed with the bitter exterior of the package that you miss the pearl on the inside. Realize that when you're holding that bitter place, you're also holding the pearl of great price, the thing that's beautiful. You just haven't discovered it yet, but inside of that, God is going to give you beauty. That's what he said in Isaiah. I've given you beauty for ashes. What was he saying? Within that that deep place of loss and pain, there is beauty. Beauty. It's only suffering while I was losing, but once I lost it, I actually gained it and came out on top. I only have a resurrection power working in me because I was willing to fellowship with the suffering. You can stand with me, please. John, why would you be serving God at this point? You're the last one left. You're the last of the disciples. And look how it's ending for you. Beaten. Boiled in oil. Boiled alive. In oil. Thrown onto the isle called Patmos. Where all the prisoners are. God, I've served you all my life. Since you called me, I've been faithful. I've been, the, I've been the disciple that you loved. I've been there putting my head on your chest at the Last Supper. I was the only one that followed you to the foot of the cross. And this is the best you've got for me? talking to some people that have walked with God for a while and the enemy's starting to attack your mind saying, this is the best God has for you is this place of suffering? Keep digging because it's not the end. The oil wasn't the end. The aisle wasn't the end. And the skeletons that were laying around him was not the end. But the end was a revelation like no one else got of Jesus Christ. But it only came through his suffering. So if you say today, if you've prayed, if you've been thinking in the back of your mind, Lord, I've done this for you. I've walked faithfully with you. I I, I don't understand this suffering. I don't understand this trial. I don't understand this hardship. Why was my family going through? Why is my love and why is my wife? Why are my children? Why this? Why that? And God is saying, hey, just a minute. Consider me. Consider everyone else you know in the word of God that has suffered. And look at the end. Don't look at the process, look at the end.